1: Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner podcast. Well,
2: I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in.
1: Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball!
2: This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Gregman
0: would like to get him to scamper home. Two on, two out. Tenth inning. Throw a deep dive on baseball wade boggs is a hall of fame third base the man's a legend and much more
2: he drank 50 beers on a cross-country flight and then absolutely destroyed the seattle mariners the next day okay <laughs> the number of beers is actually highly disputed some say 50 some said as many as 70 beers which is an absolutely insane amount of beer nobody can drink that much not with an attitude like that
0: now here are your hosts for the Hot Corner: Patrick Harris, the seven-foot kid that strokes it with the acne on his back, and Mike Lynch. Excuse me, he looks really hot on 1080. The Fan. Hey, bada, 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 so we bada. Hey, hey, records
2: on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the? Welcome demo. into the Hot Corner. It is official.
0: Anything I got
2: is not if the a only demo. thing I can tell you that is a fact in life is that today. Is a Wednesday.
1: It is a Wednesday. For it must be a Wednesday. You know what it doesn't feel like? A Wednesday. No? It kind of feels like a Monday to me today. I don't know why. I guess that's a good thing. That means there's only two days left in the week, but I really feel like it's a Monday. I don't know. I don't understand why. Well, it's it's just the vibe I'm getting, man. The internet on my computer is acting like it's a Monday. <laughs> the internet in the entire office was down for about an hour earlier today, so you're probably just having the same issues.
2: Dope, so you can text in the fan text line 55305, and I can't read them. I can, Because I'm though. still logging in.
1: Don't worry about it. I can read it. I clicked on it. Maybe Say maybe. hi to me if
2: you'd like. Two, three minutes ago, and we were, still, we're still working. Oh, yeah. I was it's, worried I didn't pay my internet bill, and it's then I realized be. I don't live here. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Don't you worry. All right, so we'll just... We'll just wait for that guy. Uh I wanted to I wanted to start something pretty serious today about the Reds. About the uh, Reds? Yeah, yeah. Not the Cincinnati Reds, uh, but the Liverpool Reds. Uh, Laying a fat smackdown on Man City today. I figured you'd be pretty happy about that. Super pumped. <laughs> Although the second half was pretty atrocious to watch. But, uh, you know, three zip is three zip. Woo!
1: Ah! <laughs> hey, a win is a win, right? A win is a win. Now, watch you way, guys lose 5 nothing in the second leg and actually lose. Probably. Especially because Mo
2: Salah... Uh, Came off the pitch today with what looked like a groin injury, and apparently those don't go away
1: quickly. No. (laughs) Imagine if you have to run for 90 minutes a game, and your groin groin injury might be a problem. By the way, did you see Christiana yesterday? Uh, The bicycle kick from God?
2: (laughs) I did. Some guy tried to argue. A buddy of mine, uh, uh, shout out Chris Hanks, I'm only saying this so you can, you know, badger this man, thought uh, the header was a better goal. I was like, Oh, it looked
1: harder. I was like, it looked harder. He just flipped out of the air, hit a ball above <laughs> his head with his foot and, and caused back to the goal and caused one of the best goalies in the world. Then Gigi Buffon to stand still and watch it go in and cause the fans of that other team, Juventus to applaud him with a standing ovation after the goal, even though they were losing. I hate
2: Cristiano and that's the greatest goal I've ever seen in my life.
1: Whoa.
2: Okay. It's amazing.
1: It is amazing.
2: It's absolutely amazing.
1: I, and I, Obviously, I'm not. I have not been a long lived soccer fan. It's more of a recent couple of years soccer fan. But uh, the goal that I want to say it was Ali scored last year, where he kicked the ball to himself three times and on the third volley spun towards the goal and hit it like a <laughs> like a roundhouse kick. Yeah, and got it to go in. I like that Dele was one of Alli. the greatest goals I've ever seen. I like Dele Alli. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you yeah. remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah. I like that Zlatan goal.
2: Oh, from just last week? Hashtag you're welcome. <laughs> anyway, that's... And the Timbers are bad. And the Timbers suck, so what's up? <laughs> anyway, There's anyway, all your soccer talk. We'll get away from that. That was it. That was it. It's baseball. We're super jacked to be here. Uh, the season started last Thursday. Uh, Michael, you were traveling to the East Coast. Correct. Um, while we were doing the show... It was a really terrible show. I'm pretty sure I told Joe to delete the, the podcast. Uh, but now we're here. We're ready to go. I'm looking at some dude with a sleeve that looks kind of nice named Sean Manea something. Sean Manea. For the Oakland A's. I know that, Mike. It's called, like, theatrics. Uh, on the mound against the Rangers with Shinsu Chu at the dish. And I just, I'm so excited.
1: Baseball's back, baby. That was the thing I was thinking about that. I was actually talking about it today that it just feels better when there's day baseball on, or, I mean, any baseball, honestly. But mm-hmm. for us here on the West Coast, the day baseball is truly day baseball, like 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. even today for the Nationals game. Mm-hmm. And you pop on the TV, you throw a baseball game on, even if it's not your favorite team, and you just have it on, you can watch it, you can do stuff with throughout it. It just makes life feel correct to me. And I was saying... It's almost as if a weight is lifted off of your shoulders when baseball season returns. That is that is how I felt on Thursday of last week. I was able to watch almost the entirety of the Yankees opening day game in New Jersey mm-hmm. on on TV. Mm-hmm. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> um, actually, I saw almost all their games because they were on TV. On TV. So even well, though we were out and about traveling and doing stuff, we could catch most of the game while we were out there. News break, Mike. Uh, the media likes the Yankees. Puts them on TV. Oh no. I'm saying they were on TV because I was Dogs in the area. Live locally. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, I watched on the S network, but being able to sit down and watch that game, and then I mean Stanton homered in his first freaking at bat. So, it's an
2: A bomb from
1: A. Yeah, Giancarlo C no plays to Parlo or whatever <laughs> he's freaking saying. John Sterling. Now, um, the fact that that happened, it was just like this is this is this is great. Life is oh my god, it's back. It just it makes you happier as a person. And I think anybody listening to the show right now can relate to that. It, because you all you are all diehard enough baseball fans to be listening to a baseball only show on a Wednesday night of the first week of the season. And it just makes you happy. Or you just haven't turned primetime off yet. Either way, we're
2: here, and I can't tell you that, man. Dude, stick I, around if you haven't. Yeah. You'll like it. <laughs> Chill. We're cool. I promise. I got Mike Lynch. I ride these coattails. This is the fourth year I'm going to ride those coattails. Uh, I got to watch an Indians game today, and they were in Anaheim. You know, it's like a West Coast game. First pitch at 1 o'clock. Watch some Champions League. Switch the game over to the Indians game. Life is amazing. And And, like, for my team, my personal team, the Cleveland Indians, in case this is your first time listening to the Hot Corner, I do like that team, have been on the West Coast all weekend, which is amazing because then I get 7 o'clock games, which is awesome yep. in my line of work. So I throw on. I get to catch the first four innings, and then I run home and catch the last you know, five innings. Is that math right? Four, five, nine? Yes.
1: Correct. Good job. And
2: then today, I don't have to work. I just have to do this awesome
1: little baseball show, and the game starts at 1. I love life. It was perfect, right? It's awesome. Today, it's absolutely amazing. And, and today for me, Yankees game is supposed to start at 10, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. I usually leave for work about noon, right? So I got two hours. I could watch most of the game. I've got MLB TV. I could throw it on, the, on my phone when I drive to work, listen isn't on the that, app. Isn't that the greatest thing ever? It is, even though I hate John Sterling and Susan Walden. <laughs> but I was able to listen on my way to work. I heard both the Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge home runs on my way to work. And then I came here, popped it on the computer. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We're all good to go. I watched the entirety of the game or listened to it. And it was like, you know, thank you, technology, for being an existing part of our life because it allows things like that to happen. I caught some Tom Hamilton the other night on the radio coming home. Oh,
2: man. <laughs> it was just amazing. Because because the Indians play the Mariners. yeah. So all three games are on TV. And, so you couldn't use MLB TV to watch it? Well, I couldn't, but I was in a situation. I was working all weekend. Uh, some stuff happened, and I had to work extra hours in the restaurant and had a bunch of TVs around. So I made sure, you know, oh, hey, Mariners, right? Right? right, Local. Local local baseball team here, right? We got to put the Mariner game on. So I threw the Mariner game on. I got to watch all three, so I didn't have to listen to John Sterling. But the first game against the Angels Drive, I watched some on TV and then I was like, Well, I'm driving home, might as well just use that old MLB app, bad app, and mm-hmm. just kind of and then got a little uh Tom Hamilton on. And then, and then I was like, Oh, baseball, it's back. It's like if you're a Northwest kid and the first time you hear Dave Niehaus on the radio, you're kind of like, Oh, yeah,
1: baseball. And he, he's here's the thing, too. And I, and I want to say this because it was it just popped in my head. I was talking to Nemec earlier about NBA. He was, he was shocked that I watch basically every Yankee game every year. Right. As you do with the Indians, as Mariner, John does with the Mariners. I'm six for six today. Um, yeah. I want to say I'm, I'm five for six. There was one day I couldn't watch when I was on the trip, but um, I watch as many games as I possibly can. And he goes, it's so many games. And to me, it's, it's just better that way mm-hmm. because almost every single day, Ninety five percent of the days from Thursday of last week till October, your hopefully, your team is going to be on, right? If you're a Blazer fan, you could watch the Blazers on Monday and then wait for five days until your team comes on. Because they're lazy. That sucks,
2: right? Sucks super bad.
1: Football, it's the once NBA a sucks. week. In hockey, it's the same as the NBA, right? So you're always waiting. And in baseball, you never have to wait for your next fix. And it almost, it's like, it's like a drug, right? It's almost worse when there's an off day. You're like, oh, my God. Like, Thankfully, there's games every day. Right. But, I mean, for other teams, so you could still watch baseball. But when there's an off day, you're like, what I'm, do I do?
2: I'm already in midseason form. I know the Indians don't play tomorrow because we leave Anaheim and then go to Cleveland for our home opener on Friday mm. against the Twins, I, I hate, believe. I hate the late home openers. I know, me too. Uh, and, and so I know we have tomorrow off so we can play the twins on the home opener on Friday. And I'm going to wake up in the morning and go, Ugh, who do the Indians play today? What time is the first pitch? You know, cause I'm already there. Mm-hmm. I'm already there. I'm already there. I'm six games in and I'm already there. Yep. I'm already there. Oh, Khalid Oakley. Well, we got a lot going on for the day today. We'll do, uh, we got some Shohei Otani talk, I guess. This guy might actually know how to play some baseball. There's a Colorado Rocky that got paid today. We like that. We are big fans of the Colorado Rockies on this show. You're going to learn today. And uh, more importantly, we're moving fantasy baseball to 7.30. So if you guys have any sort of fantasy issues, questions, it's early on in the year. Let's not freak out, but... Mike and I are in a league right now where there's a blockbuster about to go down. If you guys have any sort of questions, comments, concerns, 55305 fan text line, we're going to do that at 730. We'll get to those. We'll help you as best we can. That is our new time for it all year. All year. So we'll be, be ready it. for it. All year we'll be doing that at 730. Um, so we have that. But first, when we come back, uh, just kind of, hey, what's the last six days told us? We're not taking days off. We're not trying to overreact. But I definitely want to know what you think. We'll do that next. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. Non si può sto
0: This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080
2: The Fan. 719 here, Portland sports leader. And don't you forget it. This is the hot corner. We do this bad boy every single Wednesday. Uh, fantasy baseball coming up here in about 10 minutes. So if you got any questions, comments, concerns, 55305 let you get in on that. We're here to help you guys. Uh, Mike Lynch is a lot better at fantasy baseball than I am. You're in second place.
1: So far. I'm in fourth. So clearly you're two people better than me after six, seven days of baseball. I feel good about my team, man. I didn't like my draft after the draft, and all of a sudden I'm looking at my team going, hey, I kind of like my draft. I know. You text me. You were like, uh, I don't know how I feel, and I was like, I
2: love my draft, and here I am in fourth place, and I think my team sucks.
1: <laughs> fourth better than third to last like you finished last year, right? I suppose that's true. Well, hey, I hey, 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 hey. You tanked. I tanked. <laughs> I got Carlos
2: Correa, Jose Abreu out of the deal, all right? So chill out.
1: I'm I'm chilled. And Anthony
2: Rendon. Who's on the block? Uh, so if you have anything, you can hit us You can hit us up at 55305. We'll help you out in the early days. Uh, but first, I basically just kind of want to talk about, like, an open-ended question. As baseball starts, obviously, we love baseball. We're so excited the season's here. There's so much expectations. Um, but there has been some stuff that's gone on. Uh, so I guess, Mike, I, I leave the question open-ended if you want to – Talk about you as a fan in your team. You can. Um, if there's something that concerns you so far or something that excites you, uh, what, what what what's driving with you?
1: The second you texted this to me as our topic, I already knew what I was going to talk about here. And this, this could potentially be a whole hour of discussion, at least in my brain. We can move things around, Mike. I know the guy that runs the show. <laughs> it's the thing that has given me the – it's piqued my interest the most but has also made me question – things the most is the new trend among what seems to be a very vast majority of teams to pull starters really early. Ooh.
2: And the five innings and then turn it
1: to the bullpen. This has happened across the league. And this has happened with guys pitching well, who don't even have 70 pitches yet. Uh, most notably, I, I read a big article in the athletic on Gabe Kapler and the Phillies and He was, he's been, those fans hate him already so far. And he made a really bad mistake by not calling to a bullpen in this situation. But this was before that. This was in the first game of the season. Aaron Nola starting cruising along, pulls him in the sixth with like 74 pitches because analytics say third time through the lineup, not good for a starter. Usually, right? There's exceptions. Of course there Mm -hmm. always are, but usually third time time through the lineup is bad news. So he said, okay, pulling him. Phillies bullpen blew the game that game, right? Nola was cruising. This is not just the Phillies. I've seen personally. I've seen the Yankees doing that. Um, I've well, seen you have the greatest bullpen known to man, which has already blown three games. Um, right? I'm
2: going to drop yeah uh, Don't might continue. Well, maybe you should do that.
1: Um, and just I, I, not off the top of my head, but other games that I've watched throughout the last week, I've noticed guys. I've been looking at the box scores, guys getting pulled in the sixth inning, fifth inning, eighty-two pitches. 75 pitches, and I'm like, on one hand, it piques my interest, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going, the new analytics in baseball say bullpens, if you have a good one, will rule. And we've seen
2: it over the last few World Series runs and playoff runs, whether they advance or not. We
1: see that work. Well, we see the bullpens work, that's what, but I mean. this is the first year we're seeing them say, okay we're going to use our bullpen in favor of the starter, even if he's pitching well, right? I've In the last few years, the World Series winning teams, the ones that are the good bullpens, they didn't do that. If their starters were going long or going well, they let them in. Let them go. Just mm-hmm. let them keep going until they till they start to show some signs of weakness, right, or get to a, 100 pitches. Um, so that's why it piques my interest is over the course of the season, I'd be fascinated to see if this truly turns out working because the analytics are saying it will. Chances are – This will turn out in the favor of these teams that are making these decisions. But on the other hand, where it's kind of making me a little bit frustrated is, what's the point of having aces if you're going to pull them in the sixth inning, right? What's the point of, again, I'm going to use this example because I read the article, Aaron Nola is the best pitcher on the Phillies, a great young arm. Better than Arrieta? Well, Okay. Arietta's hurt, so it's hard to prove that yet. And Arietta had a down year. Just, just being devil's advocate. No, you might be right. It might be Arietta. I like f- Aaron Nola. I, f- a lot. I forgot he was there, but I like Aaron Nola a lot. Aaron Nola, great young arm, great potential. Right? Why? What do you? What's? The, and they, I mean, they lose the game. What's the benefit of pulling him when he's cruising? Right. Give him a chance to go through the lineup a third time. If you're pitching that well, you're pitching that well. It doesn't matter how many times you see him. Right. And today I heard the stat and this could be the exception, but Luis Severino for the Yankees, last year, third time through the lineup, best he, that was his best time against their, the other team, right? So I don't that could just be the exception. But sometimes pitchers actually get better, uh, starters do. So to me, it piques my interest because if it works, that's awesome and it's a new strategy. But it also makes me a little bit sad because we're no longer going to see on the same regularity, these starters throw eight-game gems. It's just not going to be a thing. I think what you're bringing up is interesting, and and here's why. Because
2: this works in massively important games, okay? We've seen this in the playoffs, whether it's division round, LCS, World Series. We've seen this kind of cat-and-mouse, this analytic, this situational manager style. The thing is, to me... I think I'm with you if I understand where you're going with this is that this to me is way too early to be driving analytics into the game. We are six games in, and that's my whole take from all of this is if you are a fan of any team, if you have fantasy, if you have players you love, let's calm down. We need people to get into a rhythm and get going. If you don't push Corey Kluber against the Seattle Mariners, Opening day, goes eight innings, complete game, throws one bad pitch, and loses 2-1. Are we freaking out right now? Should have Francona pulled him early to get a bullpen in there? No, no, stop, stop. Let's calm down. We have aces for a reason. If there's anything, I want to see what these guys' legs look like. I want to know. Aaron Nola's still a young pitcher, I want to know how far can Nola go. It's a game that doesn't really matter. Sure, we want the crowd to be happy and, you know, you want to get off to a good start and blah, blah, blah. But if I'm Gabe Kapler, I want to know, can Aaron Nola go seven innings?
1: I, I see your point, point. Um, and I don't disagree with it necessarily. Because, I, I yeah, the beginning part of the season is kind of a feeling out Part for a lot of teams. Like, I know spring training is meant to be for that, but it's different, right? You're not playing every single day. You've got random injuries here or there. Guys are messing around with certain pitches if you're a pitcher or trying to work on their mechanics as a hitter. It's not exactly a science of, hey, these guys are going to be ready for opening day. These first few weeks of the season, it's like, okay. I mean, because slumps can happen and that doesn't really matter. What I'm saying is you kind of get a feel of what guy is feeling it at this point of the season. So I, I get your point in that way. I don't know if I I agree that it's too early for analytics because some of these teams are committing to it now in full, right? And that's what the Phillies are doing is they're saying, we don't care about your preconceived notions about baseball. We don't care about what is the quote unquote right thing to do. We care about what the numbers are showing us is going to be proven or is going to prove help us win those numbers, right? That was their plan. That was their decision this year by getting Gabe Kapler, who's big into analytics apparently, is to do that. Now, I want to see how it plays out over a full full season, right? Because I, I like the idea of it. But what I don't like about it is numbers can only show you so much when you're talking about guys in slumps and the mentality behind it or a pitcher is pitching great and maybe is like raring to go and ready to ready to get to that point where he can – dominate a game and throw a complete game, shut out. That's not what the the numbers don't show you that. So if you're a manager and you're trying to go all analytics, then you're completely losing the human element of the game, which frankly is the more important part of the game in baseball. If you're going to use analytics, you got to be able to ride the line in my opinion to say, Hey, this guy's rolling. I'm going to keep him in. Even though the numbers say I shouldn't, or this guy hasn't been pitching. Well, a lefty out of the bullpen. So, I'm not going to throw him against a lefty coming up because he hasn't been pitching well despite the fact that this guy doesn't hit lefties very well because he's not playing well. That, to me is still it still needs to be there. It still needs to be a part of it. i think I think i'm I'm kind of with you on
2: this. I think you and I are, you know, together yet. Opposite, I don't, I don't know. I guess what concerns me, and it's pointed out on the fan text line 55305, that this texture says, isn't it always like this early in the season? You don't ride a starter, maybe not to Kapler's extent, but no need to ride someone into the ground in April. That I totally understand. But at the same time, what concerns me is if you start playing hardcore analytical baseball in April, I don't know if that's sustainable. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at. Is that? I think the whole point for them
1: is that they think it's it's obviously sustainable because they're not going to do anything else. But but I think I think analytics
2: and oh man, you are right. This is a whole hour segment on analytics. But I think analytics have a time and place. I I if you listen to this show and if you're listening for the first time, uh, I am a curmudgeon old man. I am the guy on my lawn with a shotgun yelling at children to run away or I will murder you uh when it comes to baseball seems a little extreme. wow that is extreme and i know it is but that's how much i love baseball however i do understand that analytics do have a place in this game i just worry that i don't even worry i just know analytics right time right place is aj hinch a good manager no but analytics were using a right time right place
1: i know joe's yelling but one one more thing one more thing joe i just went back i don't to look, know he's yelling look at the box score of that game again. I'm referencing the same game, but it's just it's helping my point. Okay, Aaron Nola was pulled after throwing five in a third inning. Not even a quality start. Giving up three hits, one earned, one walk, and three strikeouts at 68 pitches, 48 of which were strikes. Ooh, that's a good line. In that inning, he gave up a double to in Tiarte and he got Ozzie Albies to fly out, one on, one out, with a five to nothing lead. Ooh. They pull him. Next batter, Freddie Freeman, two-run home run. You pull him on Freddie Freeman? On the bullpen guy, right? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, poor dude. That does not make sense.
2: Doesn't make any sense. All right, when we come back, we're going to do fantasy baseball in 15 minutes. We'll maybe talk some unwritten rules, as that's always kind of a thing, and we're going to see that stuff all throughout the years. Everything is super heightened due to everybody being, you know, a bunch of fancy pants. But when we come back, we'll do fantasy baseball. This is your last call for any questions, comments, concerns. 55305, we'll help you out. We got the guru in the house. But first, here's Joe with sports.
0: Fantasy baseball is easy if you know what you're doing. Who's winning? What is occurring? Which players should be in your lineup card? I have today's forecast for you. Hot! And who should be sitting next to you in the dugout? We're going back to work on fundamentals! Fundamentals. On in the middle of the season. This is the Fantasy Grind. Part of the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan.
2: Fantasy Grind here as we'll do this every single Wednesday at 7.30. So if you have any sort of... Issues, questions, comments, concerns, we are here to help you in that fantasy aspect. Now we are what? Cleveland Indians paid six games. So we're yeah, six days into the season? If it started Thursday, and we're today a Wednesday. Yeah, that is six days. Six days. Uh how how do you view fantasy baseball, Mike, in the first I would say week, but more like the
1: first three weeks to a month of a season. I view it as a very patient wait-and-see approach. I don't like to make drastic moves early, especially for players that I had trust in You know when I drafted them. Um, but I'm not afraid to quickly go after someone I think is hitting well and think may continue to do so. And then dropping someone that I drafted and liked, but isn't performing quite yet. Um, in my other, in, in the league that I'm not in with you, for example, I this was even before draft day. I I drafted C.J. Crone on the Rays, right? I remember that. Yeah, and then I immediately dropped him for Joe Mauer because I had an injury and I needed an extra utility player. And I'm going Crone's not going to play every day. Sure, he might hit for some power, but. He's not going to play every day, and is going to get hits every day. So for someone from my utility spot early in the season while my players are hurt, here's a guy who will give me some consistent points. That was a move I was totally willing to make, but I'm also open to dropping Maurer at some point later in the season, right? That's just, he's not a great fantasy player in points-based leagues. Anymore. He's decent in rotisserie because he gives you a lot of stuff, but in points-based leagues he's not very good. Um, so that's the kind of stuff I'll make, but Making big trades early in the season is really hard for me because it's two weeks, it's six days. What can you really say after six days of the season that's going right. to be like, oh, this guy's not going to be very good?
2: It kind of reminds me of just how you should overhaul overall view your team, like your, your real team, not your fantasy team. It's like, OK, so the Indians lost two of three from the Mariners uh lost two of three from the angels with a walk-off today am i supposed to sit here and go oh my god we're two and four we're gonna lose forever oh oh jose ramirez is one of 26 what are we gonna do what are we oh my god kluber can't get a win and you're just like okay let's stop here yeah in our in our keeper league you know, there's already some giant trade going down. That someone in a keeper league is about to give up Nolan Arenada for a bunch of dudes that are gonna be bagging groceries in a couple weeks. Like that blows my mind.
1: That's not necessarily
2: true. I understand, but I'm being dramatic because it's radio, Mike. <laughs> um, I'm just saying it's like I look at my I look at my team, and if I were in a position right now in the fantasy world that I said. Oh, man. I got Mike Trout. So I'm in another league, too, with my boys back in Vancouver. Uh, If I were to say to myself, Ian Desmond got him in both leagues. Anyway, if I were to say, oh, man, Mike Trout, dude, he's only got got one home run. Oh, man. You know, he, he didn't look that great today. Maybe I should trade Mike Trout. Like, how do you have no faith in your draft? All that work you spent... All that time and effort you did looking at players, and when it came to your turn in the 15th round, and you're like... Or for me in the 11th round, and I look at him like, Justin Turner's on the board, I'm grabbing Justin Turner. In the 11th round, and I'm going to lose him for two months? Done. You know, if you you spend all that time and effort, why are you bailing on everything you built
1: right now? I... I feel exactly the same way. And maybe it's because I've got a history of being a good drafter. I tend to draft very well. I like to think I do the same as well. Um, But I do the same thing. Like, in our our league, for whatever reason, Justin Smoke didn't get drafted for eons, it felt like, right? Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to touch him. And I'm sitting there, and my first baseman's Buster Posey, who was a keeper— And I'm going, well, I like Buster a lot, but I definitely need another first baseman, maybe a guy with more power. And Smoke is sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? He had a good year last year. Let's take a flyer on Justin Smoke because he might be able to do it again. It was a lower pick. But I also was like, you know, he he can give me some power. He can give me some homers. Uber value. So far, he's been great. Again, he's been really good. I got him in my other league, dude. We got a lot of the same players between our leagues. And that's a guy, That's a that's a... That's a thing that I trusted where I said, you know what? I like Justin spoke and I like what he did last year. I love all former Mariners. And I'm going to, yeah, they're fun.
2: Adam Jones is awesome. He's my prototypical center fielder.
1: I love Dustin Ackley. Um, And I just, I liked the fact that you could, that you could trust your draft enough to, to let that kind of a decision go. But on the flip side, I chased. In both my leagues and probably overdrafted Ender Inciarte, who I think is bound to have another great season this year. I thought you got him at a good deal in our league. And I but I went after him intentionally mm-hmm. in, in both my leagues. And, and Weaver yes, son of a Yep. And I am not just because NCRT went 0 for four yesterday, I'm not gonna freak out as a guy who's at the top of a lineup or anything because I think over the course of the season, he's going to be good. Is he untradeable? No, but I'm going to be really reluctant to trade a guy that I went after that hardcore Mm. to go in my draft because that's when I do the most research. I have Nelson Cruz
2: on the DL in both of my leagues, and I am not freaking out. Yeah, one of my leagues, I lost Mike
1: Zanino before the season because he went to the DL.
2: Okay. I'm I'm notoriously really bad at home runs. That's my stat that I struggle in, in fantasy. Like, I spend way too much time at pitching, and I dominate pitching, and then I go look, and I'm like, oh, you're last in the league, in a roto league, in home runs. And there ain't trades you can do that are going to help you. Like, you're that far behind. Yep. But even now, with Nelly Cruz going on the DL, that's 35 dingers that I want. I'm not freaking out. I pick up a dude that's going to be serviceable for 10 days in the outfield, maybe bat for average, snag a couple RBIs, probably not going to get helm runs because those guys are already on other teams, and then when Nelly comes back, you drop the dude and you start Nelson Cruz. Yep. I think the moral of the story is we just don't
1: freak out. We did get one question. This one on the tweets. Bellinger and Judge, sophomore slumps, now that pitchers know how to pitch them? Nope. Don't think so. Uh, both have a home run each now. Judge hit his first today. Bellinger had a, a home run already this season. Both are hitting in the mid-250s. I think that they are good enough to avoid the sophomore slump, both of them. I think the one who's more likely to sophomore slump, in my opinion, is Bellinger. Uh, but I don't I don't think he is going I, to. I'm more of an Aaron Judge guy than a Cody Bellinger guy
2: only because of position. Does Bellinger qualify for the outfield still? Oh, I don't know. Because if he's only a first base, I I believe in the leagues I drafted for, he was only first base, and there are enough first basemen out there that can hit home runs that I kind of said to stay away from Bellinger for the sophomore slump. But if I'm sitting there and best player on the board is Aaron Judge, I'm taking Aaron Judge. I'm taking an outfielder that's going to hit 40 home runs this year and drive in. 300 RBIs because that's all they're going to do in New York because they don't know how to pitch, and that's where I'm going. Don't troll me. I know. I'm trolling you. <laughs> All right. We do this bad boy. I'm not e- taking your bait. <laughs> we'll do this thing every single Wednesday at 730. That's the fantasy grind. You can hit us up throughout the week, whether it's on Twitter or anything like that. If you got some help, we will try to help. When we come back, unwritten rules. I think maybe it's time to maybe jive this turkey up. We'll do that next. The Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan.
0: is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan.
2: 7.50, we all back. This is the Hot Corner. Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris, Joe Fish behind the glass. (laughs) This is what we do here. Uh, we're currently watching Rockies Padres Youth. Yes. One thing that's always fun about early season baseball is you kind of look at dudes and go, "Oh yeah, you signed with those guys." We saw someone throw a runner out at first base, and the first baseman turned his back and it said Hosmer on it. <laughs> and both Mike and I were like, "Oh yeah, forgot about that." No, we didn't do that. We both
1: laughed. <laughs> we didn't I say was trying to be nice. We didn't say words. We both went. <laughs> And then we saw the thing that popped up, Will Myers, on the DL 10 days. And I was like, well. And then we laughed more. And the Padres are going to go on being the Padres. Oh, man. Are the Padres the Cleveland Browns?
2: Ooh. Are they the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I think so. Who are the Cleveland Browns in Major League Baseball? They it's five, the Padres. Five, it's got to be the Padres. They
1: use brown as one of their colors in some of their like alternate jerseys. Trudeau in the
2: uh, camo jerseys. <laughs> like they even use camo oh, they jerseys. Have the, they have those brown throwbacks, like the brown and yellow ones or whatever. Oh, I like yeah. those. Yeah, yeah. the three ninety four. Yeah, sure. Numbers. You don't know what three ninety four is? No, can't say. Oh, that's only uh, Tony Gwynn's season-ending batting average. Oh, okay. You know when he was like. Chasing Ted Williams, like no big deal.
1: Okay. There you go. God, Joe, know
2: your numbers better. I'm Come on, Joe. Idiot. I bet you little Joey knows three nine four. Probably does. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow, some way. <laughs> anyway, I'm I am quite curious who are the Cleveland Browns. They're, one, they're the Padres. One could argue they're the Miami Marlins, however, they have World Series. I mean
1: you could argue many teams, but many of them have been to the playoffs Uh, and been in the the title race. I mean, there's only like five teams in baseball that don't have World Series rings, right? Well, I mean, as far as not having a World Series ring in a long time, I mean, you could say that the the baseball team that shares the same city as the Browns might uh, be pretty similar to them. (laughs) Are you for real right now? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. That was an epic... Troll and I very much appreciated that Um, I was going to say I guess you could argue the Mariners are the Cleveland Browns which I'm sure would make many fans happy but yes yes I think the Padres are the Cleveland Browns because the other teams I was considering Marlins two World Series wins Rays made it to a World Series in the last 10 years Phillies won a World Series in 2009 uh, sorry 2008 2008 um those are the teams I was considering Indians have actually won this decade so uh, okay we'll give it to them. yeah I guess <laughs> the best part about this is Patrick leaned away and now he's just <laughs> watching the game he doesn't want to talk to you anymore <laughs> now he's just watching Rockies versus uh Padres because he's his soul is hurt a little bit cargo just got on base that makes me excited I like cargo <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, So, unwritten rules or? (laughs) Sure, sure. Is that what we want to do, or do you want to keep being a little bit of, uh, you know, annoyed about this? Uh, You know, I think, you know, there's.
2: Can I swear on the air? (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, can I just drop some F bombs here for a minute? No, you cannot. Uh, I think there are a lot of teams in running to be the Cleveland Browns of Major League Baseball. Uh, I don't think the Mariners quite add up to it because they actually win games uh, and they semi-flirt with playoffs. Uh, I think the Marlins would be a great example of how crappily you can run an organization. However, they do have two World Series titles in the last 20 years. Yes, So that makes things a little bit difficult, 21 to be exact. Um, I absolutely resent that Cleveland Indian remark, considering the fact that we've been in three World Series
1: in the last 25 years. Two of which have been recent. Um, well, one of which. One of which was recent. recent. Sorry. Uh, I forgot you lost in five games last year to the Yankees. <sighs> <laughs>
2: You know the worst part about that, Mike? <laughs> you know the worst part about that whole thing? Let me guess. You had to be on the air when it happened. That's what I thought. Until I went out into the public and people were like, "Dude, I heard you and Mike talking about the you you were on the air when Cleveland lost. Oh man, that was so funny. That's like my favorite segment you guys have ever done in your life. You should do that every time." And I'm just sitting here like, "Wow." I hate you. <laughs> you love the fact that I was the most defeated yet trying to be professional in my entire life. This isn't even my real job. And I was like, I'm trying to be professional here because I want to throw Michael through this TV right now. I'm so angry. But, but I'm a professional. This is what we do. And the Cleveland Indians... Or And the New York Yankees move on to the ALCS. And it was like, that's the greatest segment I've ever heard in my life, man. I would listen to that every single day. Well,
1: it was a very, very funny segment because we were charading as if we were having a real conversation. But yet everything that happened in that inning was being reacted to by both of us live on the air. Uh, with us having weird pauses as we watched pitches go in that 10-pitch Brett Gardner at bat. We were like, kept stop talking over and over and over again. The fact that everyone thought
2: that was good radio means they don't listen to enough good radio.
1: (laughs) It was bad radio, (laughs) but
2: it was was exciting.
1: It was hilarious.
2: My boss told me it was good radio, and I was like, you should listen to more good radio because that was bad
1: radio. (laughs) (laughs) It was pure emotion. That's what it was. Pure Hey. Good segment on unwritten rules, everybody. Yeah, good sure. segment, good sure. segment. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I'm done with unwritten rules anyway. If you're getting
2: all crotchety about some stuff, get over it. Rules are rules. If they're not if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> That's a generic take, if I've ever heard one. Except for steroids. We hate steroids. What? Are you cutting? I don't want to get into that. That's a whole can of worms. We come back. Am I trolling Patrick again or am I honest? I don't even want You'll to You'll never know. I don't even want to guess. Uh, when we come back, uh, second hour we've got uh, some dude in Anaheim might be legit. Some dude for Colorado gets paid, and a bunch of fans that should be excited about somebody decide they're gonna boo that guy. We'll do all that next in the second hour. This is the Hot Corner, Mike Lynch, Joe Fisher behind the glass, Patrick Harris, 1080 The Fan. Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News.